Amen. Thank God for the lighthouse of the old gospel. Thank God. Thank you, men, for that good song. Open your Bibles again to Romans chapter 12. Isn't it amazing how four fellows that ugly can sing so well? I'm just I'm impressed with that. Sort of surprising, isn't it? But anyway, that was good. I tell you, when I get to heaven, I'm going to sing bass. Brother Rogers said when he gets to heaven, he just wants to sing. It doesn't matter what, what uh, part it is. Romans chapter 12, I want you to look not only we find simple instruction and reminders given, but he tells us not just what to do, but how to do it. And I want you to notice the emphatic words that are used to describe not just what to do, but how to do what we're supposed to do. For example, he says in verse number 9, let love be without dissimulation. Uh, that means without impurity. Your motives uh, should be pure. Uh, your love uh, should be pure. It should not be a love that's given uh, for something in exchange. It just should be love. And then he says abhor that which is evil. That's a strong word. He didn't just say ignore or shun or stay away from. He said abhor uh, that which is evil. Then he says not just hold or know what's good. He said cleave. And the word cleave is more than hold. It means to grasp uh, with great strength, to cleave uh, that which is good. And then be kindly affection one to another with brotherly love. Not just be kind, but he goes on, doesn't he? He's emphatic about how uh, we're supposed to be kind, uh, kind uh, to one another. And then he adds in honor, uh, preferring one another. Uh, verse 11 is my text verse. He says, not slothful in business. Notice these three words, fervent in spirit. Fervent means to have fire. Uh, fervency means to have fire. Not just to be there, but to be there on purpose with, uh, with intent. A fervency serving the Lord. Rejoicing in hope. Patient in tribulation, continuing instant in prayer, distributing to the necessity of the saints, given to hospitality. I want to preach for a few minutes on the subject, the danger of losing your zeal for God. The danger of losing your zeal for God. And understand, all of us grow cold, that's natural. Uh, ground uh, that is used uh, to raise a crop. It grows hard in uh, the winter time and into the spring. That's natural. That's not, there's not anything wrong with that. You don't sell the farm because that happens, but you do break up that fallow ground. Uh, it is natural for a fire uh, to burn out. Nothing wrong with the stove. Nothing wrong because the fire burns out. You just have to add wood to the fire. I'm going to preach on the danger of, you, of losing your zeal uh, for God. Heavenly Father, I pray that you'd bless the preaching of your word. I'm thankful to serve a church that is a serving church. I'm thankful for folks that serve you with faithfulness and fervency. Thank you, Lord, for folks that spend as much time in preparation uh, for the ministry as they do in the work of the ministry. Help us tonight to see the dangers uh, of not cooling off but staying cool. 
and the importance of keeping our zeal strong for you. Help me as I preach. In Jesus' name I pray, uh, amen. Uh, take your Bibles and go to the book of Numbers in chapter 32. I want you to see two verses there. Throughout the word of God, we find the element of zeal among those that did a work for God. The leaders and people that made a difference for God were people, those that made a difference, not those that just existed, not just those that were along for the ride, not just those that were there as observers or commentators, but those that made a difference were people that were sold out for God. They were committed. They were full of zeal. They were fervent in spirit. They were passionate about the work of God. There were those that lost faith in the wilderness as our illustration here, and they doubted the promises of God. Uh, the crowd that lost their zeal and lost their faith, they died in the wilderness and they did not inherit uh, the land of Canaan. I want you to notice what he says, Numbers 32, verse number 11. Surely uh, none of the men that came up out of Egypt from 20 years old and upward uh, shall see the land which I swear unto Abraham, unto Isaac, and unto Jacob, because. Here's why. Here's why they didn't enjoy the land. Because. Why? They have not wholly followed me. Didn't say they didn't follow me. He said they didn't wholly follow me. Now they left Egypt. They left Egypt, but something happened between the crossing of the Red Sea that was on dry land. Something happened since the time of their shouting and writing the song of rejoicing that the Lord had delivered the children of Israel and had drowned Pharaoh and his armies in the sea. Something happened from that point as they went into the wilderness. I'll tell you what it was. They lost their zeal for God in the Bible's said they did not wholly follow the Lord save Caleb. Now I want to read Joshua 14, 14 for you and it's a follow-up of this, uh, of this passage in Numbers 32. Uh, the Bible says in Joshua 14, 14 Hebron therefore became the inheritance of Caleb uh, the Bible says because he wholly followed the Lord God of Israel. I don't want to follow God wholly up to this point and enjoy the goodness of God and then lose the potential of God's blessings, not just in my life, but in others that would be affected. I want to continue to wholly follow the Lord. Are you with me tonight? Paul wrote to Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 4, and he said in verse number 13, Till I come give attendance to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. Neglect not the gift that is in thee, which was given thee by prophecy, with the laying on of hands of the presbytery. Meditate upon these things. And then he says this, Give thyself wholly to them, that thy profiting may appear to all. And then he says this, Take heed unto thyself. I wonder tonight if we couldn't do that. Just look at ourselves and say, do I have the same zeal for God that I've had before? Now, it may be that you're tired and weary. Rest if you must, but don't quit. I, I, I mean, if you need rest, rest, but don't quit on God. Don't lose your zeal for God. Don't lose your dedication to God. Uh, don't lose your commitment to God. In the second letter Paul wrote to Timothy, he said in the very first chapter, verse number 6, 
Wherefore I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. The same reference to what he had said in the first letter. He said, now stir that up. Don't you let that die. You take that old poker and you put it in. I'm not talking about the game some of you all play. I'm talking about, you know what I'm talking about? He doesn't have any idea. He's shaking his head like he never heard of that. Do you know what you know what the poker is that you stir the fire up? You, you know what that? Oh, he knows exactly what that is. And uh, he said, "I want you to take that poker. I want you. How many of you ever stirred a fire of coal or wood? You did that." And he said, "I want you to stir it up." He said, "The fire's not out. You just let it uh, lie dormant, and it needs to burn hot." He said, "Timothy, uh, stir up the gift that is in you." Uh, Solomon wrote these words: "Whatsoever thy hand finds." to do, uh, do it with thy might, for there is no work, nor device, nor knowledge, nor wisdom in the grave whither thou goest. Uh, Solomon said, whatever you find to do, if it's worth doing, it's worth doing right. If it's worth doing, it's worth doing uh, with all your might. A brief study of the determination and zeal of Bible leaders and laymen quickly convince you that it is important to keep a zeal in our work and our service for the Lord. Uh, time does not permit for me to give in detail uh, the passionate leader that Nehemiah was. Nehemiah was passionate from start to finish. I mean, he was a, a, a passionate leader. He was a man of excitement. He was a man of determination. Uh, when they get the wall built, there are folks coming uh, to set up their wares, and uh, it's, it's the Lord's Day, and they come basically to set up a flea market, and he said, we're not going to do that on the Sabbath day. And they came back the next week, and he said, you do that again. And I'm just telling you what the Bible said. He said, I'm going to take you out of here by the hair of your head. Now, he wasn't like the Quaker that said, uh, mean thee no harm, but thou art standing where I'm about to shoot. He didn't say it like that. He said, I'm going to take you by the hair of the head. You're not going to do this. Uh, Nehemiah was a man of passion. I'm not recommending you take anybody by the hair of the head. I'm not recommending that. I'm using that as an illustration that Nehemiah was a man of zeal. Nehemiah was a man of passion. He was serious about what God had given him to do. Haggai was a prophet, was a preacher uh, that came into a people that were discouraged. Uh, they had built their house. They had let the house of God lie waste. Uh, they had put down the foundation and they stopped because of the threats and the difficulty. And boy, he went in there and he, he took the poker and he stirred them up and they built the temple. Uh, Haggai was a man of passion, was a man of zeal. Jesus said this, I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. The night cometh when no man can work. Remember the story when Jesus went into Samaria and the disciples, they went to get something to eat and they came back and uh, that Jesus had given the gospel uh, to the woman at the well and uh, they talked to him about being concerned that he didn't have anything to eat. He said, I have meat that you know not of. Now they thought he'd pack the lunch, but that's not what he was talking about. He was saying, I don't just do this uh, uh, for uh, to get my hours in. I'm not just coming here for a little while. This is my life. This is my passion. Uh, this is what satisfies me. Uh, Jesus was a servant of zeal. So were the disciples, uh, strong uh, servants and workers, and uh, died for the cause of Christ. Paul said, I press toward the mark. Uh, Paul was constantly moving forward, a man of zeal, a man of 
compassion. Of the early church in Acts chapter 8, we find that persecution had come. And the Bible said they were scattered everywhere. And you know what they did? They went everywhere preaching the gospel. Philip went down to Samaria and they had a great revival there. There was joy in the city because of the gospel. Here's what I'm preaching tonight. If we're not careful, we'll let our zeal cool off. We get satisfied with what we've accomplished rather than what God desires for us to do. And that zeal will, and, and that lack of zeal uh, will cause destruction in our lives in church. The world is certainly committed to their activities of fun and pleasure. Paul, the Bible says in Acts 17, 16, while Paul waited for them at Athens... His spirit was stirred in him when he saw the whole city given to idolatry. He observed the whole city they were given to idolatry. Folks are passionate about college football and college basketball. I'm not preaching against that. I don't, I don't care if you are. If you have a team worth, uh, worth cheering, you ought to cheer them. Uh, but, but, but it's something how folks get passionate about football. And basketball and sports and fishing and whatever the activity may be, camping, four-wheeling, hunting, shooting guns. Or uh, when I first came to Lexington, a fellow asked me, he said, can you golf? And I thought, no, but if you throw a golf ball up in there, I could shoot it with a shotgun. Uh, I know how to do that. And I've, I've played golf several times. I still can't, and I probably couldn't hit it with a shotgun now. I, I love sports, and I, I like that. And I'm not preaching against having a zeal or having fun or giving it all you've got. I mean, uh, they wear the gear. They put the sticker on the windshield. They get the T-shirt. They get the hat. They get the tie. They get the socks. They're marine gung-ho. I like passion, and I like fervor. I like commitment. I like zeal. But what I do not like is for those that are cold in heart toward the things of God, working to convince those that are serving God that they're that, that there doesn't have to be such a seriousness or such a commitment to serve God. I want to say tonight, when you lose your commitment, you're on your way to death. When you lose your zeal, you're on your way to dying. When you lose your passion, you're on your way to dying. Uh, uh, this nation is filled with buildings that are empty tonight. And one thing has happened. They lost their vision. They lost their passion. They lost their zeal. They got passionate about other things. They got passionate about things that became more important to them. I'm careful about what to get involved in because I'm passionate about it. I mean, I don't want to play checkers unless I win. Do it, JC. Now, this summer on vacation, I messed around and let him beat me one time. I pouted for two hours. Uh, and uh, I don't like to lose it. I'm careful about what to get involved in. You know why? Because I want my passion to be the will of God. I want my commitment to be the will of God. I hear folks say today, and I'm, I'm going to just go ahead and stir things up a little bit right here. I hear folks say today, well, I love the Lord as much as you do. You don't have to be that passionate. No, you don't have to be, but I like it. I like it. A woman in the neighborhood here, she doesn't like our bus ministry. She didn't, she didn't want poor kids. She's afraid somebody will mess her yard up or something. I don't know. She came to a meeting, and, 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 I, and she got a hold of my shoulders. And, I mean, she shook me. She said, I'm as good a Christian as you are, but you don't have to go everywhere getting kids and bringing them to church. I said, oh, yes, I do. 
I'm passionate about winning children to Christ. I'm passionate about the work of the bus ministry. I'm passionate about it. And I'm, I'm, I'm tired of folks being influenced by those that have lost their zeal and they've lost their passion and they've lost their fire and they want to put everybody else's fire out. Tonight, I want to do my best to put a poker on the inside and stir up the gift of God that's in you and stir up the passion that's in you. If it's worth doing, it's worth doing right. It's worth giving of ourselves to accomplish the will of God. I believe the Bible teaches us to be wholly committed to the Lord. I think in all that we do, everything we do, working in the nursery, taking care of the ground, singing in the choir, driving a bus, playing an instrument, whatever the case may be, we ought to have a work ethic to prepare and do the work of God. We ought to have an appearance like we're excited about what we're doing. I, I'm not ashamed of my team. I want folks to know what team I'm on. I'm on the Lord's side. I don't want to try to fit into the world. I want folks in the world to know I'm on God's side. I, I, I'm on God's side every day. I told the young people a story. Uh, when I preached in the youth conference the other day, I'd never been to a collegiate foot, football game. And, uh, and I, I went to, and I think we had just moved here. Had we? Had we just moved here? I went to, somebody gave me tickets to watch a Kentucky football game. And uh, I, I, I didn't have a Kentucky shirt. And so I said, i got to wear some kind of sports shirt. And I had a Cincinnati Reds sports shirt. And I thought, don't, don't, don't laugh at me now. Don't hurt my feelings. And, uh, and so I put on that Reds baseball shirt and went to a football game. And... Uh, there was a group, and Brother Hazlett and David knows the Caudill fellas, they're retired troopers, they're troublemakers too. They were sitting in the section where I was, and I mean, here I was, I was in the end zone. Kentucky never got there, but I was sitting there in the end zone. I was sitting there, and somebody turned around and said, who's that up there in the red shirt? I started looking around and said, who is that? What dummy would be wearing a... There I was, red shirt right in the middle of a sea of blue. They heckled me. They laughed at me. I want to take my shirt off and write a big UK on my belly right there. Man, that would have been worse. That would have made the news. I would have been on the ESPN if I would have done that. That was terrible. I mean, I, I thought, Kentucky don't come in the end zone. What, what are you all so fired up about? You know what, they, 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 they were saying you ought to be wearing the uniform. That's what they were saying. Hey, let's not be ashamed that we're children of God and because somebody else has cooled off and they're laughing at you, let them laugh. Don't you be ashamed of your team. In our vocabulary, in our work ethic, uh, the Lord Jesus said, And whosoever shall compel thee to go a mile, go with him twain. I have a fear of losing a fervency and a zeal. I don't want complacency because it brings destruction. Casual brings casualty. The two sons of Eli offered a strange fire, no doubt because they lost their commitment to the details of God's instruction. And God sent fire and he killed those two boys. And if you read the story, you'll find he did so as an example to others that God said I want you to not just do right I want you to do it the way I've instructed you to get it done I want to tell you tonight I think it's a dangerous thing you start missing Sunday school and Wednesday night just because you don't feel good or because you want to 
If you're not careful, you'll miss more church and more church. It won't be long, you'll be out of church. Now, here's what the Bible says. Therefore, we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. All of us have dropped something that we didn't intend to drop. It just slipped out of our hand. We weren't paying attention. Now, he said, I want you to pay attention to what you've heard about serving me. I want, you to, I want you to pay attention to truth. Be careful about replacing church with live stream. Now, I understand there are folks watching tonight, and there are folks that they, they, they need to be, and I understand that. I'm not talking about being unreasonable. I'm talking about just saying, well, I, I think I'd rather just lay on the couch. Hey, church is not just about what we hear. Church is about the fellowship as we hear it. Be careful about missing church for vacation and traveling during church times and watching online and using 15 different excuses to miss church. God has to have a place in our life and God is supposed to be first in our life and we learn it from the Old Testament all the way to the end. Put God first in your life. One of our visitors said to me tonight, I, I, I love church here. I, and, I, and, and, and here's what they commented. One of our visitors tonight said, I love it when the choir comes in. The men look like men. The ladies look like ladies. And, and folks are here working and serving. And that's the way church used to be. If that's the way church used to be, that's the way church ought to be. The first generation Christians that knew the pain and tragedies of sin, when they got saved and they left that, they sold out for the cause of Christ. And everything was important to them. Everything was important. And then we get to the second generation and the third generation and we get to the place that we start mocking and making fun of grandma and grandpa. I want to tell you something. I don't know about you. I want a marriage that lasts more than 50 years. I'll take the marriage of my grandparents. I'll take the faith of my grandparents. I'll take the answered prayers of my grandparents. I'll take the working of God in their life of my grandparents. And if I'm going to have that, I ought to have the same commitment. I ought to have the same zeal in serving God. By the way, you ought to be careful about making fun of folks that have a zeal serving God. Folks get on social media and they start laughing at church people that are sold out. Well, do you have children that you're trying to protect? Well, you've given birth and you hold that baby. And you understand that the devil wants to corrupt that child's mind and destroy that child. You'll become protective. A shepherd is supposed to protect his flock. A shepherd is supposed to protect his sheep. And the shepherd is supposed to expose the wolves and run off the wolves. And I like what the Bible says about Abraham. As Abraham made a sacrifice to God and the uh, buzzards came down and they tried to steal uh, the sacrifice. It didn't mean anything to them, ah, but it did to Abraham. And the Bible said he drove the fowls away. Oh, listen to me. Let's keep our zeal and excitement. Let me give you this. Let's not lose our emphasis in the importance of our walk with God. You need to read the Bible in the morning. You say, I've already read that chapter. You ought to read it again. You say, I've already read the Bible through this year. I was talking to Brother Kevin Wynn, pastor of the largest church in the world. Every day, he said, I read 25 chapters of the Bible every day. 
I said, I don't know how in the world he finds time to do that. He spends two hours a day, every day, two hours a day in prayer. Every day, two hours a day in prayer. I said, well, I, I, I just don't have time to do that. I wonder why God's blessing the work in ministry. He's fervent. He's fervent in his work. He has zeal in his work. And I want to say tonight, the purpose of the message, I'm not trying to fuss at anybody. I'm just trying to say, let's not lose our zeal. When we become casual, we'll become a casualty. When we lose our zeal, we lose our fire. We lose our desire uh, to reach people for Christ. We're going to begin the process of dying. I don't know about you. I'm not interested in that right now. Let's keep our zeal and commitment for winning people to Christ. Check your pockets and make sure you got tracks in your pocket before you go out tonight. Make sure you got tracks and take advantage of the opportunity to give the gospel to somebody this week. The bus ministry was highly organized across America by, the name, by a man by the name of Wally Beebe. I was there the night they honored Dr. Beebe and they said that a million people had come to Christ as Savior through the bus ministry under the leadership and direction of Wally Beebe when he was a pastor and a, bus, and, and a bus director and his influence in America. They honored him for a, a million souls being saved. You know how Wally Beebe got saved? A college-age girl gave him a gospel track. He went and sat down in the service station where he worked and he read the gospel track and he got born again. A gospel track. You say, but I give people gospel tracks and they throw them down. That's all right, give them anyway, because that act of throwing them down, the Holy Spirit will get a hold of them, whip them for that, they probably go back and get it. That's a hard thing to throw away. Don't lose your zeal for walking with God. Don't lose your zeal for witnessing. Don't lose your zeal in separation from the world. Don't lose your zeal in a desire to help others. Don't lose your zeal in a desire to make a difference. Sometimes we look at the world and we get overwhelmed and sometimes discouraged when we see its condition, but we can't give up. I may not make a difference in all the world, but I can make the difference in somebody else. Take your Bibles, go to Revelation chapter 2. I'll finish with this. Then I'll finish with something else, but let me finish with this. Revelation chapter 2. Revelation chapter 2. Under the angel of the church of Ephesus write these things. Saith he that holdeth the seven stars in his right hand and walketh in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. I know thy works and thy labor, and thy patience, and how that thou canst not bear them which are evil, and thou hast tried them which say they are apostles and are not, and hast found them liars, and hast borne and hast patience, and for my name's sake hast labored, and hast not fainted. This is a good church. Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee, because thou hast left thy first love. Remember, therefore, from whence thou art fallen, and repent and do the first works. You want to get back to the passion of your first love? Go back to the obedience of your first work. You see, it's not a matter of emotion. It's a matter of determination. A work for God that makes a difference is a work that is powered, that is, that is, that is done in zeal and commitment and fervency. Your job's important. 
your job in the work of the church, your job, your testimony, your light, your salt is important. Paul writes in this book of Romans to the Christians that are in Rome, not slothful in business, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord.